Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Well, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Conversations. And on today's episode, oh my goodness, I had on uh, my dear friend and mastermind sister, Tara Marino, and I got to tell you, this conversation, I like I'm still sort of clearing my tears. <laughs> I can't wait for you to dive in. It was so deep and so profound, and maybe for some people, we'll go right over their head and that's okay. You can listen to it over and over again, and I can't wait for you to dive in. But let me tell you a little bit more about Tara, which doesn't even do it justice, but you can we'll also link up all of her stuff so you can follow her. Tara is a soulful, absolutely, femme with a Frenchy natural essence, founder and CEO of Elegant Femme, a French clothing designer and a mentor for women returning to the truth of their souls worldwide. She's a mentor, a mom, and a creator of the femme types that guide women to their most sacred and heartfelt desires. Tara is truly, honestly, guys, she's such a beautiful soul. I feel like a soul sister. Um, I cannot wait for you guys to dive into this episode, and we look forward to hearing all of your comments. Have a great episode. Well, hello, my dear sister, Tara Marino. I am so excited you're on the podcast, like for real, for real, for real. Um, we're going to, I'm going to have you share, you know, who you are in a moment, but I want the audience to know who you are to me and for me. So Tara and I are both in a mastermind together called Unity with Melanie and Layer. And so some of the other ladies in the group have been on the podcast. And I, I got to say that I connected with Tara, like you were someone that I was like, I gravitated towards very instantly. And I think because our our core tenets of life are so similar. I think what we stand for is so similar. I think you have such an elegance, which is no wonder your brand name, you have such an elegance about you. But in that very feminine, I don't meet a lot of women that I find like you're very feminine, but and but there's this power and strength behind that. Um, and so I just, I want you to know that like, I'm just so grateful that we got to be and meet each other in this, in this mastermind. I see you, I, I, love like when you're sharing in our boxer about like your travels and like we'll talk about that around like the judgment and that's kind of a beautiful segue to what we're going to talk about today how there's so little places and I'm just going to put that out this out there because this is what I stand for on this podcast is really speaking my truth there's so few places on the in the world right now or on the internet that you can be with a group of women where you can just be fully self-expressed and not fear their judgment but really just actually feel their celebration for you and that is worth its weight in gold. Like for me, that's like, 
when Tara's posting pictures of drinking champagne in Paris, I'm like, Tara, I want to be in champagne, in Paris with you drinking champagne. Like, why am I not there? It's not like, Tara, you bitch, you're in Paris. Like, how dare you? Right. Which is, which is really the duality. So anyway, I could go on for years, but I just love and adore you. I want the people to know a little bit about you. And then we're going to dive into this amazing conversation. I love this topic so much. I am so honored to be here. And I feel like, you know, it's such, with such gratitude and awe, the people that are brought into our lives and the way with which they're brought into our lives, you know, us meeting inside of this mastermind and me being able to see you continually lean in, melt into your truth, your authenticity, your bigness, your expansion, and Adele, your heart. I mean, you have one of the biggest hearts, like the depth of love that I see in you, I feel like that that was our initial bond. It was this, oh, that, like I see you. It's I see the loving past what words could ever explain. So I'm honored to be here. I am all for this conversation. And yeah, let, let's go there. Okay, first of all, I just wanna say thank you for seeing my heart. Cause I, you know, I think in a world where you people have a certain presenting representation of you I mean the people that know me really well they know that like I lead my heart is so wide open and I've been so hurt because of that but it's never a lot it's never had me close my heart which is like I think almost like a coping mechanism that I've had where you know you would think that with all the things that have happened I would have this closed heart but I, it's like I, I love more deeply and so to be seen by you in that way and I do think that's part of my superpower is that I can keep my heart wide open even when I'm in so much pain and grief and I just do love people so deeply like I love my clients so much and I was even talking about that this morning in my morning call like you can find mentors to teach you the same shit that I'm teaching you, but the way that I love you is really my gift. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I feel like really that's all we do. There's a bunch of words. There's a bunch of information there. There may be a curriculum, but the underlying essence is, and for me, like the way that I feel it in my body is, is like not only how much I love you, for me, it's like how much I love myself and celebrate that loving in an intimate, unique presence. I feel like that's what transcends because for me, you know, having coached and mentored for so long, I could feel the difference in my body when it was like a personal kind of love yeah. versus like a really, which it sounds kind of funny to say it out loud, but I know you can relate to this versus an unattached kind of love mm. which is completely different experience where yes. it's like I don't need you to love me and I don't even need you to know how much I love you wow like there's a love that's it's that's more it's like unconditional unconditional, yes. unconditional and otherworldly yes I completely yeah. agree I so get that so I want you to tell people just so they know a little bit about who you are before we dive into, I think, one of my favorite conversations, All Rooted in Desire, which is like really the foundation of everything that I believe and teach. But I think the, the way that you're, what you're going to bring to this is going to be so, so powerful and valuable. But yeah, tell people who you are. Who am I? Like the ultimate <laughs> question, right? Who I am I? <laughs> I can remember... Um, because it's funny, you mentioned this, like the elegance, I can remember naming the company Elegant Femme. And the reason I named it Elegant Femme is because that's all I wanted to be. 
You know, we started it in 2008, wow. and I had been through, like all of us have, you know, all of us have these extraordinary defining moments in our lives where we get to choose more than once, right? We get to choose again and again and again. So the biggest defining moment that I believe supported me in remembering who I am was the birth and consequent death of my firstborn. And this catapulted me into the question you're asking, who am I? Like really, truly, who am I? And at that point of my evolution, I was young, 26 years old. So the only question, the only way I could answer that question was I was supposed to be a mom. Like, I don't know who I am now. Like I have this pregnant body. I've been breastfeeding. Like, I don't know who I am. Like this doesn't feel nothing felt right. I, the identity, yes, I lost a child. And I also lost the identity of who I was or who I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And so in that experience, really birthing Elegant Femme and really trusting myself again to reignite my desires after loss. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, you know, the women listening, maybe some of them have had this experience, but regardless of having the exact experience, I feel like we can all relate to that feeling of loss, that feeling of, of that, like on our knees, not wanting to live anymore, you know, not wanting to, maybe not even wanting to explore the question of who am I now, because the strength and the courage and the devotion that it takes to actually respond to that question after that kind of pain. And again, we all have we all, all of us can go, oh, right, yeah. that, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah, wow, I was I, to answer it, yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't know that part of your story, oh, oh my goodness, like, I just have, I have so much I want to unpack about that, like, something yeah. I've thought, how, so how old was, was the baby when you lost it? So Mason was six days old, he died in my arms, um, this was, you know, uh, uh, it's really interesting because I'm, I'm reliving a lot of this in, in the book that'll be coming out in, in, in the future. What I can say about it is, he, here's what I can say. After this occurred, again, he was born on the the day before my 26th birthday. So his birthday is February 4th and mine's February. My birthday is February 4th. What? What? Stop. You just, uh, I just got chills. Adele, that's Mason's birthday. Yeah. See what this life does? This is the connection right here. Oh my God. Like you can't even make this up. Like no. talk about spiritual alignment. I thought you knew. No, I didn't know. I and I certainly didn't know his birthday was February 4th. So he was born February 4th. My birthday is February 5th. Oh. It was like a <laughs> what? So it was like wow. a year of, and I'm going to be so honest, right? So honest and so transparent. This was a year of bottles of wine and Xanax mm. every day to numb the intensity that I was feeling. I definitely went into a place of self-punishment. I had an abortion when I was 17. So my ego was like, you see, mm -hmm. this. 
you're being punished. This is your fault. You did this. So it was like a year really of like, wow, like self-harm coping, coping, you know, and about a year later, I was surrounded by lawyer paperwork because there were some things that occurred that whatever. And I can remember sitting there and I can remember it so clearly, Adele, so clearly that goes on the floor in front of our fireplace in Arizona. And I was sitting there on the floor and surrounded by this lawyer paperwork. And I just kept saying like, why, why me, why me, why me? And whenever we ask the why from that place, we will get an answer. So I was getting all the answers of what I've done in the past and why me and wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until I heard this little voice say, stop asking why and start asking how, how are you going to allow this experience to affect the rest of your life? And that was the beginning of my journey. It was the birthing of elegant femme. It was the birthing of the femme types. You know, the indie is the femme type that supports us with our being, which, you know, we can go into later if, if aligned, but that was the voice I heard, this voice of extraordinary grace, extraordinary divinity, extraordinary understanding, extraordinary choice yeah. as to, okay, even, you know, doesn't matter how many millions of dollars are, are sitting here in this paperwork, nothing is going to bring Mason back. So what is my power? What is my choice? What can I stand into now? And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of all of it. First of all, I just have like, my whole body is like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I, first of all, it's, it's, this is what I just so love about divine union and divine timing. It's like you and I met, we just did this preamble, felt connected. Okay. My birthday is Mason's birthday. Your birthday is the day after. So we're two Aquarians, your story. So as you're sharing that, and I didn't know that you had lost a baby. So I like, I didn't have that context of your life, which I think just lends itself to an even more in-depth conversation here. But I so can relate to your story, not in the, I didn't birth a child and lose one, but I've gone through several miscarriages. And um, one, two years ago, uh, almost three years ago now, my 40th birthday, Dave and I, it was the middle of the pandemic. I shared this story openly. Um, I just think we need to talk about these things. Like I think women live in so much shame, remorse and grief around whether you've had a stillbirth or you've had a miscarriage or like the loss of the possibility, the loss of the child, the loss of the possibility, which is grief. And I, I was nine weeks pregnant, had, an, had a um, miscarriage. It was locked down in Canada. I was turned, I just turned 40. We couldn't even celebrate with people. It was, there were so many things. And the thing that was really fascinating was I was in this time of my life, I think where part of my MO is just to like grind through it, right? To push through it. So as an example, I had the miscarriage on a Friday and on the Saturday I was leading a course and I kept going, okay? And I have so much to say just about that alone. Like I just didn't even give myself, like I also had the punishment thing. So for example, I had an abortion prior to my first son. And when I was having the miscarriage, I remember thinking, well, you know, maybe you just get a few chances. I had some bullshit idea in my mind. Same thing. Maybe this is karma. And so I didn't even think I felt worthy to grieve. Mm. Right. I was like, well, you know, 
whatever. And you're 40. And I, I started just doing a lot of the self punishment, like for me, self harm wasn't through a bottle of wine and Xanax necessarily. Although I think I probably was drinking wine. I think the self harm was like, just muscle through it, pull up your pants, keep going. And so I worked, I worked, I worked. And I got to tell you something that's really interesting. You know, that I took month, month of August off. I did a lot of work around PTSD around things that were happening, but you know, what was came coming through so much for me in August was the, the miscarriage like finally processing and grieving the loss of what of that child or what could have been I think grieving the loss of the abortion that I had I think so much was coming through that felt like it was coming through in that way like I released so much guilt and shame and loss and grief and punishment and I finally allowed myself to just sit in the discomfort and stretch myself yeah really powerful took me two like two years and I just think it's such a great opportunity for people listening to recognize that like loss grief and transformation doesn't it's not linear it doesn't happen in the moment that you want Mm. it it happens when your soul is ready to transcend to give it up right to to let go of whatever you're doing and it took me two years to really sit down and actually cry like I had guttural cries of like how sad I was to have this miscarriage but that what made me even more sad, Tara, was that like, I didn't even let myself grieve. Like I just kept going. Mm-hmm. So I relate to you so much in that, in that story, but to your point around, I want to add one more thing before we keep going is the why me versus how. So this is such a foundation of, I think the work I teach is like, when we ask the question you ask defines the response that you're going to get, right? Tony Robbins says the question, your quality of questions equals the quality of your life. And I see a lot of people go, why, why me, why me? Especially when, I mean, the loss of a child to me, it's just like how you even overcome holding a baby in your arms and then they're not there anymore. Like it's, that thought is inconceivable and yeah, like not wanting to live. And there's so many ways that that plays out. What's the purpose? Who am I without this identity of being a mom? Like, who am I really? And sitting in that contemplation, but a lot of people are like, why me, why me? Which is all stems from victim consciousness, right? That's rooted in something's happened to me, I am at the mercy of, I'm a victim of these circumstances. And then I think that voice in your head, so the voice of your higher self that says, stop asking why and stop at, and start asking how is very similar to what happened is how is this going to define me now? Like, how is this going to shape my future? And I really do think that people listening to this, why you and I are so extraordinary at what we do, really. And this is why 0.001% of the population can do what we do is that we can turn extraordinary pain into so much fuel and purpose rather than the pain, right? Into more pain, which is what like most people do just because they don't have the resources. It's not because they're worse than or lesser than. It's just like, I've always had this innate ability to like, fall to the floor and get back up, which is part of my human design is the three, five, the Phoenix rising energy is like fall, crash, burn, incarnate. Like it's this constant thing. And so when I had the miscarriage and it was going through COVID and it was affecting my marriage and I was going through things with my son's dad and my life felt like it was one massive, like chaotic explosion. And then I took August off to really just like process all that. I feel like I've come back more alive. Mm. Like like when you look at me now, I just like 
compared to where I was before August. I like feel like what I really think is the piece here when you say, who am I? I now say I'm a spiritual being living in this physical body. That's what I truly believe. Like seriously, like after everything I've been through, and I'm sure you would say the same, I'm not just a mom and a wife and an entrepreneur. I am that I am, right? I am a spiritual being in this physical body. I am an expression of source consciousness. I am my soul. I am not my body. I think that is really the realm that I, I think people like you and I, where we lead people is because we lead from this place of I am. That mm-hmm. I am. And I see, I see that you are that you are, right? Like I see beyond the veil and I see that you're also a spiritual being in this physical body, Tara. And our souls happen to have probably known each other in another lifetime. I mean, I have your son's birthday. 100%, 100%. And you know, the space you're, you're speaking from, this is what I would invite everybody to consider for themselves because we are all spiritual beings having a human experience and I feel like one of the bridges for me that has been so so freeing is recognizing that that truth and that we're not here to judge the human experience we are souls inside of the human experience and that's purposeful we are not souls trying to escape the human experience and I feel like this sometimes when we start to evolve and we start to have these deeper spiritual conversations I think one of the first defaults is to okay how do I you know remove myself from the the human physical experience exactly transcend the physical experience and get out of the human condition like I too had a miscarriage when I was 40 Mm -hmm. I was almost nine weeks we had just seen the heartbeat I delivered it the baby in my hand in the American Hospital of Paris talk about PTSD and why I'm bringing that up it was so shocking for me that I had such a response because what I was saying in my head was you've lost a child, a full-born child in your arms. How could this hurt so bad? Don't you know better? Don't you know everything's going to be okay? You know that there's beauty in everything. You know that there's a piece of your soul that had said yes to this a long time ago, but the humanness of was something I was actually resisting. I, I, I was judging myself inside of the human experience. I really feel that was one of my biggest gifts. I thought I was going to get a pass to the front of the grief line because I had already been through so much grief. But this isn't how the human experience works. And, and we know this, like we know it. We all know it. Even as I say it, we know that every experience, every interaction, every celebration, every pain, every opening of, of response is there to support us. We know it. Yeah. But living into it, Yes, totally. this is a different, this is a different conversation. Totally. And I just want to say something to what you said. That's so fucking brilliant. Like it's a million dollar point. I think in the spiritual community, I mean, Dave, my husband and I, and your husband's also Dave, which is yes. so fun. <laughs> Twinsies, like seriously. So Dave and I always joke that in, the, and we're both very spiritual beings. We, we have a spiritual practice. We teach the work. We are the work, all the things, but there's this very fine line between what we call spiritual bypassing yes. in the spiritual community. So I just want to define that for people who might not understand what that means. And my definition is, I think when we spiritually bypass, what we do is we say, everything is happening for my highest and best good, but we're not allowing the human experience to process the emotion. And we, to your point, we are trying to transcend the body 
right? We can sit on a mountaintop and like do breath work all day long, but we still live in a three-dimensional world in this body. And there are there is our spiritual self, our emotional body, we know our etheric body. There's so many, and all of those things are integrated. So when you spiritually bypass and say like, all oh, things are happening for your highest and best good, yes. But without giving people the tools to say, and I need a pro, I need a, 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 a framework to process this grief in the physical form. We're just spiritually bypassing. We're saying everything, you know, I'm just going to transcend the physical body and live in some ethereal world. And you see a lot of people on the internet right now, like just trying to live in that ethereal world. But the reality is that to your, you said something brilliant, which is like, we can't not only not judge the physical experience, like it is a big innate part of why we're here. The soul is why we're here. Like to me, it's why we're um, here. Yeah. Your soul dropped into this human body, right? This specific human body for this experience, this set of experiences, loss of a child, grief, another set of loss, like that it chose this experience. And when I've had spiritual teachers say to me, Adele, your son came through you for, for this experience with his own father. You, you're going through this because your soul needs this evolution. It was like you, this, you chose, this is your soul's choice, right? Yes. It, it was like, oh my, it gave me this permission to stop resisting it, which is what all people, all, all the suffering in the world comes from our resistance and lack and lack of acceptance and very much attachment to what we think things should be. And when I finally let go and said, Adele, something is happening here for your, for your growth. Like the, you, you can't deny that you, you, you had this child with this person. And these are the set of things that have happened. You had it. You tried to have a child with this person and it didn't work. And then you thought you were repenting for the sin. Like, there's something in this here. And rather than being like this, it's this person's fault and I'm a victim and can you believe it and why me? I sat in deep contemplation over the last seven years to be like, what is this experience trying to teach me? What's the growth that I, what did I need to grow through? I needed to learn loving detachment, which is kind of what you talked about at the beginning. My spiritual teacher said, your son came through you, but he's not from you. He's from God. So you don't own him. And that was a big thing I had to really fucking work with. It was like, cause I felt I was so not just attached, but like compulsively trying to protect him. Yeah. And it caused me so much anxiety and caused my son so much anxiety. And I had this teacher say to me, like, your soul is connected to your son no matter what. And, but you can't, the more you grasp, the more you're going to lose, you know, and I had to really work with loving detachment, like detaching outcomes and just holding highest and best good for all. Like what's mm -hmm. in highest service. I don't know what's in highest service. It's not necessarily what I think is in highest service. And when things started to happen, my, the teacher I was working with was like, you see, this is in highest service because it wouldn't happen unless it was in highest service. That's right. That's right. And that's the beauty of it all. That's the place we can surrender. That's the place we can release into. It's like that deep inner knowing that of course it's in the highest good because it's happening. I know, right? There's no, this, this allows us to take our hand off the steering wheel, allows us to disconnect from that false feeling of control, force, mm -hmm making it happen, it's up to me, any of that old paradigm, it allows us to really lean into consciousness and co-create from a completely different angle. And I think this is actually really an important thing to, to mention as well when we're talking about 
from personal experience, some of what I've grown through inside of the context of spirituality, because sometimes we can also go into, well, just whatever's for the highest good. And then we throw up our co-creative power. Exactly. And this is another way with which I found, you know, I've grown through it and, and witness other women going into, well, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. There's a, a removing of our, of our energy when we do that. Yes. So it, it really is this deep integration of co-creation and trust. And I, what you're saying is bang on. What you're saying is basically when I just say throw out my hands, highest and best good, what I'm basically saying is I'm not exercising my power to choose. Your power, right. your free will is part of exactly right. co-creation. It's my power to choose, but it's also lovingly detaching from outcomes, which is PS for those listening. This fucking conversation is first of all a million dollar conversation, but the nuance of this is what spiritual masters have been trying to master for centuries. It's easy in thought, but it's to really deal with yourself and your humanity when you're in loss and to hold this idea of like highest and best good still means I play a part, right? I still have free will and consciousness of my power to choose can never be taken away from me. How am I going to interact or co-create? So what I mean by spiritual bypassing is either when we say, if it's meant to be, it'll be, so I'm going to go lie on my couch and eat bonbons or highest and best good without like either way, either way it can be bypassing when we're only dealing with one part of the equation. Yes. And it bypasses the emotional capacity Mm -hmm. because in either of those extremes, we're actually operating from a place of protection. Mm -hmm. We're not open to to receiving fully because that we know what it feels like when we are open and we're saying, okay, if it's meant to be, and I'm going to go all in and God show me, and I'm here for it. That is a different feeling than it's meant to be it'll be like if we look at it energetically it's be like this. if it's meant to be it'll be totally i don't like, want i don't really want it anyway <laughs> it doesn't really matter if it doesn't happen i'm good versus this like full surrender into yeah. god's embrace like i am here for this show me show me show me show me what's here what's mine lead me you just said something that really caught something from me which is i think that right there almost brings me to tears like when I got to August and I Tara like I've shared this in unity and I've shared it on my podcast I'm an I'm an open book like by the time I got to August I was in such rough shape I didn't even realize how rough like I was I was just not okay like suicidal ideation like what's the point like just so not okay right and I was in fucking rough shape and I look back and I go if I didn't take that month off, I don't even know, but also like, how did I even get, like, sometimes you feel like you're like, you could be the walking dead for so long. And then you look back in hindsight, you're like, I was not even human. And by the time I got to August and I started doing some deep, deep, deep healing and deep work and deep contemplating and journaling and all the things that we've been talking about and really processing the grief and loss that I hadn't given myself permission to, because I didn't feel like I deserved it and all the bullshit and all that programming and paradigm of lack and scarcity and control and perfectionism and all the things that were popping up. I then fell into what you just said, which is like all in God, take me. I surrender whatever I think I need or should. And that I just let go. My knees dropped. And I, and there's a beautiful passage from God works through faith that I read almost every day, which says God can only take hold when you let go. Mm. and I remember having that written out for myself years ago and I I surrendered into 
my human can only really know such a limited amount of what this whole thing is, is part of this big sequence. Like I can never fully get it. And trying to wrap my humanness around such a big spiritual concept is causing me so much grief and pain. And if I just let go, and if I just go all in and I just say, what, what's the worst that can happen? It can't be worse than this, right? Like it really couldn't at that point, I was really not in a good place. And to see myself fall into the arms of grace, even for my, to give myself the grace that I give others was such a humbling experience and so profound. When I say that month off was like the most profound thing I've done for myself, not because I just went on a trip and drank Mai Tais, but it was like the level of surrender and work and commitment that I brought to myself reawoke or probably woke something up in me that had been dormant for so long. And now I, I'm like in this place of like, I just live every day with this deep sense of gratitude, like in reverence for like that, notwithstanding everything I've been through, like not, I'm okay. I'm more than okay. I'm like every day, I'm so grateful for the breath that I have, like a, a level of gratitude that I would read about in books and in scripture, in the Torah, or like, you know, prophets would talk about and, and mentors talk about gratitude, but it was like the gratitude that Melanie talked about in one of her programs and it, it resonated so deeply. It was like, we really experience gratitude sometimes in the duality of not almost not having it or like when your life's almost taken from you and you really value your life or your child almost goes missing and you really value your child or something almost happens or you fear their life and then you realize you're all okay and it was that experience of a different level of spiritual truth and surrendering into it that happened for me and there's no unlearning it Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.